Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second car cast. Is this only the second? Yeah, this is the second ah, car cast. They're so fun. Okay. <laughs> so, we are going to record, and we have a place to go. We do. So, we're going to do a recording while we drive. Yep. Well, while you drive, and I sit here. <laughs> but you... Not playing Zelda, because we're doing a podcast. You take care of my laptop. That's what you do. Okay. So, yeah. It will be pretty nice and casual today. We've both had pretty long days, but we've got ETS results to go over. We've got casual discussion galore, and we've got our usual entertaining personalities. So <laughs> it's 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 basically our only selling point. Like <laughs> we're not a high production value show, and we're not the technical best players. So but darn it, if you're not a high quality person, <laughs> that is. That is absolutely not true. Anyways, uh, anyways, do you have a player this week? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Um, I texted it to myself. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you, you need to look at my texts. Oh, I see my text. Okay. Okay, it was exciting. Um, so I'm playing, as I've been playing this entire time, uh, Time, Fire, Shadow, Midrange, Dawnwalker. Uh, beautiful deck. And I'm going to have to get into that deck. That sounds like it's so much fun. fun. He's playing Ricano, uh, I think. <laughs> it was either Ricano or Armory. Um, but anyway, I was at four life. And this was not good. Um, my Oh, hold on. I was playing a different deck. I was playing a different deck. Uh, I just saw one of the words. I was actually playing a um, dumb safe return Copper Conduit Combray deck. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I, what? I was playing that. Um, no. Safe return. No, take conduit. those words back. Hold on. Wait till the end of the story. I saw conduit and got confused. Anyway, the board is my 3-5 and 5-7 silenced Siroths and my 8-8 eight, eight copper conduit. He has a 6-7 bailiff, two Valkyrie enforcers, and a Rakano outlaw. I am at four life, so I'm dead in the sky next turn. Right. Uh, so... I play a Crown Watch Paladin. I give my 8-8 Conduit Killer with Predator's Instinct. He's at about full health, by the way. Uh, I attack a Valkyrie Enforcer with the, with the Conduit. Um, and now I'm at 1 after he attacks me again. At the end of his turn, I excavate the Predator's Instinct. Put it back on the top of my deck. Safe return the Copper Conduit. <laughs> then I, I use the instinct on the Siroth to kill the other Valkyrie Enforcer. Oh, then no. I kill his Bailiff with the safe returned massive Copper Conduit, and I have lethal uh, overkill next turn. So that was what I was playing for a few games. That's what you did this week. <laughs> I've, I've just Dear been playing God. a lot of Copper Conduit. Yeah? You've been liking it? I've been liking it. It's basically a Hydra, and Hydras are my favorite thing in Magic next to dragons and giant insects. I have a lot of favorite things. <laughs> I was going to say. I have a lot of think, favorite things. I don't think you could pick a favorite. <laughs> um, so, what do so, you have? So, this is going to be draft advice. And, Ooh. Josh, we really got to get this draft episode done some one of these days. Yeah, we keep saying that. Yeah. If we say it enough, maybe, we'll, maybe they'll think that we did it. <laughs> Anyways... Um, here's how you win at draft. Okay. Okay, so step one is, uh, don't play on the first day of the, of the new season. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can draft, but don't expect to win. Stay away. Yeah, stay very, very far away. The good people are there. Uh, actually, you are still matched up by MMR, so this is less pronounced, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, 
it's it was kind of painful, and let me tell you why. Uh oh. I have had the stupid Elysian deck that was awful. Like honestly, the best cards in it were Champion of Wisdom and Explorer Emeritus. Oh no. Oh no. Those cards are fine. Yeah, they are. But the drop off in quality from there was very steep. <laughs> <laughs> so the problem was the deck was bad and I didn't want to play it. So I just kind of held off on it and eventually I was like, okay, fine. We just we just got to play the stupid deck. Not going to just cancel it because that's just throwing value out the window. It is. We're going to play the games. <laughs> so then I got paired up against Master Rank 2 from the previous season. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he played Cumber Legion and stomped me into the dirt. <laughs> I got destroyed. Uh, he had two Twin Brute Sauropods. I was not winning that game. And then I thought, you know what? I did my best. I tried. This deck is trash, though. <laughs> I am trash for drafting this deck. Let's try again. Oh, no. And then I got paired up against Rank 1 Master from the previous <laughs> season. <laughs> it was really funny. I got him down to, like, three, but I couldn't kill him. And what was he playing? Uh, either Combra Elysian or Elysian. Oh, goodness. Apparently Elysian's good in draft. Yeah. So I did get one extra win than I would have otherwise out of that draft if I had just resigned it. So okay. that was that. And I also got a story. <laughs> you let God the, damn. You let those top-ranked <laughs> players see you for the next time that you shoot back up after we get good at draft. Who, who's this gold two idiot? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. Um, Rargonaut. I huh. vaguely remember that name. Yeah, that's that's a thing that happened. Yeah. So yeah. That's pretty great. That that's that that's the play of the week is um don't get matched up against those people immediately and you'll do fine. Yeah. You won't. Don't use that as the only jumping point off for draft, but <laughs> well, it's, it's like a random encounter in Pokemon, you know. Sometimes your 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 team is underleveled and you go in and you just happen to find that one Gengar that's like the 1% chance and it sweeps you because you can't run away. Okay. So um I'm going to let you talk about Eternal for a while, and I'll, it'll be a discussion. We'll talk. Okay. But at a certain point, I am just going to talk about Breath of the Wild. Because I will enjoy that. I have played that game for 30 hours, <laughs> and Wait, it came out on Friday. Is that 30 hours including the time that I played? Or Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. I consider that me playing as well. I'm just checking your sanity. <laughs> just checking. So, um, Breath of the Wild is amazing. Uh, like, here's the way I put it. Yeah. Breath of the Wild is to um, Breath of the Wild is to open world games what Ocarina of Time was to 3D games. It's like revolutionary. Yes, it like Nintendo finally decided to. We're fine. You know what? We're just gonna do it, and then they did it better than everybody else. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Oh, so good. Uh, Talk to me about Eternal. If we somehow have any Zelda haters on our subscribers. Oh, I don't. List, look, people have been uh, nonstop talking about this game. People will not shut up about Breath of the Wild. I am sure there are people who heard me say those words and turned off the podcast. You, well, so we're going to hold it off until the end so yep. that if you don't want to hear it, you can just leave. I'm. I'm giving you that. Mm -hmm. So, Eternal. Talk to me about Eternal. Okay, I was in the ETS. Yay. Yes. Um, and. Yeah, I've, I was in the ETS, and I've also been recording my games on Ladder. Um, just the, the results of all my games. And I am really pleased with how 
diversity in the metagame is surviving. Um, you know, there are people who complain about the best decks, and we we have definitely been those people on occasions. Um, <laughs> Stone Scar was incredibly dominant in the ETS, I would say. Uh, the top three, if I remember correctly, were all Stone Scar. Um, but there were still a, a boatload of archetypes represented, and quite a few archetypes that did that did quite well. Um, and on the on the latter, I've been stomped by such things as Huru Aegis and things like TJP midrange and control, and things like um, a crazy well that crazy Ricano Gito list that's popped up. Um, yeah, that that was a weird one. And plenty of Felnscar combo, which normally I have beaten. I lost to it once. It's the uh, Calderon Channeler Mirror Image. Westwind Herald deck. Have you seen that? I have not, but I—that's a thing. It's a cool deck. Wait, does that? Wait, hold on. Does that just infinite? Yes. That's sweet. Yeah. So <laughs> what they have to do? What they have to do is um, have on the board a Westwind Herald, a Cabal Spymaster, um, and a Calderon Channeler, and they have to have a mirror image in the yard, uh, in the void, and then they hit you with the Westwind Herald, and infinitely replicate their Calderon Channeler. And this this just results in a, an infinite amount of damage. Is it reliable enough? Actually, I guess because the Channeler... Yeah, okay. I was going to say, because yeah. you're just pinging them, does that actually kill... No, that kills them fast enough. Kills them quite fast. Um, <laughs> That's sweet. I'm going to be doing that. The time I got beat by it, I watched them, watched it play out, and it was really cool. Um, I, it is a very fragile combo against decks with instant with, with fast interaction. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, most recently I, I played against it, and on the turn when they could go off, it, it, they just played Spymaster, and then I torched their Calderon Channeler, and then they were a little a little stuck. Um, well, hold on. They weren't dead. Yeah. They weren't dead, but they couldn't execute the one-turn combo, and that gave me time. No. So, like, hold on. Because I'm just trying to visualize, like, the interaction with this deck, because Torch is a problem. Yeah. But... Less and less people are playing Death Strike. That's right. So, like, I went, I went back and I reevaluated all the cards that we reviewed from the set reviews. Mm-hmm. And I honestly would take Death Strike a little bit down from where we were because I think you were honestly more right than I was. Maybe because I was like, this is like one of the premier best Shadow cards. Like, this is this is the standard of removal. And you're like, it's not that good. And I thought you were crazy, but honestly, <laughs> I'm kind of in your boat now. I've been down on it for a while. Um, my usual is to play two. Unless I'm in, in like, big film control, in which I'll, I'll often play three and then a feeding time or two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I there are many situations where I wish I had it, but those don't come up often enough. Right. Uh, for me to play that that many. But anyway, um, it, is, it is a powerful deck by virtue of what it can do so explosively, you know, and they're film scar, so they can hold cards in their hand and then play them out in multiple turns after say, omening for one of the combo pieces. Yeah. So, it's cool. I like it. Um, it's nice to see true combo show up again. Yeah, it really is. Uh, that, that said, I haven't had a lot of trouble with it, but I, I'm glad people are having fun with it. Do you think there's possibly, like, a, a premiere version that has yet to be discovered? It's a little tricky because of how many pieces they just know they need. Right. Um, which is Westwind Herald, we assume. Um, and a spell in the void, and then the spy master. Um, yeah. Now the 
the channeler is only one way to kill your opponent. You can just kill them with infinite western heralds um, if you want to. Just hit them with <laughs> with the herald each turn if they can't defend in the air. That goes pretty fast. Um, or you could do silly things like flame blast and obliterate them too if you want to. Does it play any other uh, infiltrate effects? The one that I saw had. They did. Um, they also had Haunting Screen, uh, one of the ones that I saw. That's That, that doesn't really count. <laughs> it, it doesn't really count, but I think the reason that they had it in part was because they were playing Quarry, and so you can drop Westwind Herald down to four, and you can potentially get a surprise uh, hit with one after they thought they've dealt with it. Fair. Which is neat. And then you recast Quarry. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. You certainly could. Herald is honestly a really cool card. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. Um, and I think as long as new new cool spells keep getting printed, he'll, he will have new decks that people try to fit him in. Agreed. Yeah. But, I mean, just being on ladder, I have played... Do you have my stats up? Yes, I do. How many total games have I played, wins-losses, that I've recorded? Uh, with Dark Praxis, as you have listed here, it appears you have 133 and lost 19. Sweet. Um... So that's a total... Oh, wait, do, do these numbers include the Power Screw Flood and... Those are included. Okay, yeah. so, so that that's means... a total of 52 games? Yeah. Okay, how many with games... The, were... With the one deck? With the one deck. Okay. How many games were against Dracano? Uh... Ten. Ten. That's right. So one-fifth of ladder games is against Dracano, which is, you know, it is a lot. Oh, sorry, but there's also Dracano Gito, so 11. Oh, yeah. It is a lot, but... Um, and Armory. That is honestly less than I expected. <laughs> armory is also there, but I, I love my Armory matchup, so okay. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> but, um, so, one-fifth of the 50-something games that I've played, and I'm currently in Diamond, uh, but getting up to Master, going for that. Um, but one-fifth is Rakano, which, what do you take from that? That seems awful low to be completely honest. It although, does seem although looking at the other things you have listed here, when I think Rakano, I just think of Fire and Justice, and I'm seeing, like, once you include a Carrier Blue, Rakano Aggro, uh, Haunting Screen, uh, not Haunting Screen, what am I saying? Armory. Uh, you played against multiple Haunting Screens? What is this? Um, yeah, I've played against a, a number of those. Like, once you add in all the other variations of Rakano, it makes more sense, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because I just think of the War Cry deck when I think yeah, of yeah, when, when we complain about Rakano, it's usually the uh, Paladin into Enforcer into uh, Hammer. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm doing this spreadsheet, and I'm just adding on new decks whenever I encounter them uh, on the list. And I found some really funky ones. Uh, scroll to the right a little. Okay. Uh, there was a, a Combry with Shadow in there. Okay. Um, as well, and they were playing more than just the removal. <laughs> Tell me what no ID means. Oh, that was uh, because he only played a few shadow sigils and then died. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know what he was. Okay. He, uh, he was either mono shadow that got a terrible draw, or more likely some dual faction thing that didn't get his other faction. Yeah. Felt really bad for him. Um, played against a chalice deck. Twice. And lost one of those games. Yeah, how'd you manage that? He had a Epic Chalice Brew! I took him down to two! To two! And he came back with camels and with... I'm gonna say it. I lost to Hall of Lost Kings, guys. You what?! 
I lost to it. Has anyone even played that card? This guy did. Did anyone ever even put that card in a deck? <laughs> so yeah, he was Chalice focusing on life gain. So he had the Camels, he had uh, Lumen Defenders, and he had, you know, standard like Marison Disciple stuff too uh, to, to stall the game. But he had 26, 26 or 27 life and Hall of Lost Kings to me, and that was cool. That is cool. Yeah. Um, so I have been, I've been pretty happy with the amount of experimentation that I'm seeing on the ladder. Yeah, that's really cool. Especially relatively early into the season. Like, late, like the last week of the month, I would expect to see more stuff like this. But not everybody's in Master right now. No. So, uh, people are, are trying to climb with these, just like I'm trying to climb with my brew. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's... I'm sure on other people's spreadsheets, you occupy the no idea thing. Very possibly. Have you uh, encountered a single Dark Praxis deck? I, I have in, I have found, uh, I think it's listed under Callus. I found two of them that were, were Vault. Vault. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, let me get, Three. let me tell you, Vault of the Praxis is better than we thought it was. Really? I think it is. Is it because of Sand Warrior? No. No? Uh, none of the ones that I've seen have been playing it. Really? That's like the first thing I would have included that I can remember. I saw it in like a Combrai aggro kind of deck recently, but otherwise, yeah, um, Vault of the Praxis. So it's been seeing play in a really neat Xenon Tokens, uh, Xenon Tokens kind of deck that can play Witching Hour, or you can just play, um, you can just play the last word and build out this tremendous board that you can't attack through and then just pick everything off and kill them with the last word. Fair. Um, and it's also been seeing play in various Grenadine-style go-wide decks, and I'm really impressed by that card. Huh. Yeah. Um, they often just draw three or four extra cards as they're, as they're playing what they would normally play. Conceptually, I don't agree at all, but if it works, it works, I guess. That's what I'm thinking. Um, and it might also be because I'm playing a basically, basically just mid-range Stompy, yeah. um, which is slower to start up, and I don't know if they are good against surviving really fast starts. They're, they might be. They have Grenadine Drone. Vault works with Dawnwalker, doesn't it? Vault does work with Dawnwalker. Okay, cool. That is, that's an interesting synergy. Yeah. I so, wait, 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 wait. Let, let me take you on a trip to Value Town real quick. Okay. Turn three Dawnwalker. Yes. Turn four Vault. Turn five, Dawnwalker's dead. Yeah. Twin Brute Sauropod. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I like it. That That's that's a curve. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, th there are a lot of nice vault triggers around. Um, haven't seen anybody doing the Xenon Cultist Ephemeral Wisp thing in a while, which is a little sad, but it, I guess I think people too scared of silence. Yeah. Because I'm scared of silence. I think that deck is just also not that great. It's too con it's too reliant on having Cultist in play. It is very reliant on And that. I still think Cultist is a fine card. Like, its body is okay. But it's really hard to play it and then also have its ability be relevant. Do you think that more good uh, Entomb-focused or Recursion-focused units would help that to be good? Or do you think they need something else? I think it might... I think it would need a fundamental change. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, okay, here's the thing. I think the card should read, or maybe not should read, but if I was going to design a card that did that, I would be tempted to make it a summon effect with a one-time buff. Whoa, like, what? Yeah. 
Like Hold a on. summon to buff the things in your void. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. Because it's way too hard. Way too hard to have things in play and then kill them with a cultist in play. That is tough. Yes. Making it so that you get the effect at some varying degree. And it's still a unit in the void. You still have to work towards getting that back. Yeah. Uh, that obviously, I think it would then need to be changed balance-wise. I think it would make Dawnwalker real stupid. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, the card would need to be different, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the effect is cool, but it's 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 a cool thing to think about that just doesn't pan out when you have two people trying to kill each other. Not usually, yeah. Yeah. It is fun to mess around with, but... Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I suppose... Hmm... Yeah, well, if, if it was a summon effect, then I'd just have to safe return that. Huh? I'd just have to safe return that and just, just replay that over and over again. <laughs> um, so the main reason that I was playing safe return was because that Combry Shadow deck yeah. that I saw was doing that. Uh, and they were also doing things like safe returning Bailiff um, and, uh, and like Steward and stuff. Um, and I thought it was, I thought it was neat that they would do that after things like stand together. Uh, because yeah. at one point they'd stand together with their guy, I popped the Aegis to to hit them with another removal spell, and then they they brought it back. Um, and I'm like, well, okay. I, I don't know how to deal with that the second time. I mean, I guess like, I guess Backlash is one of the cards that like, Combry wants to splash Primal for. True. And this is kind of like that, maybe a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying it's good. No. I'm saying it looked really fun. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> it sure. looked really fun. All, All right. right. So then I just tried to see if it could work without the Dark Return kind of stuff. Yeah. And how did that go? Medium. <laughs> uh, it played a lot like normal Combray Aggro. It was just when you drew Safe Return, you could have a huge conduit. Oh, okay. That was pretty much what it was. <laughs> All yeah. right. Um, otherwise, normal Combray Aggro, which is to say... Decently positioned, but not overpowering, it seems, any time. Right. Yeah. All right. So, okay, it's been a couple of weeks. Yep. What are the successful cards of Jack's Bounty? Oh, good question. Um, I would say Bailiff is certainly there. Bailiff and Quarry, right, are the Quar two Quarry is the one that has seen the most play. Yeah. Quarry well, is played in Armory, is played in Stone <laughs> Scar of, of basically every flavor. Even um, Cheeto? I haven't seen it in Jito. Okay. I haven't. I don't know if that's because they were holding it in their hand and decided they would rather kill me than play it. I don't know. I would um, think it's not worth it. Probably not. But Stone Scar Midrange, uh, any deck, and I even saw a Reanimator deck that had it. That's cool. Um, they also had a Voprex. What? Which never came out of their void. There uh, we go. Sadly. <laughs> but, um, and there were there are plenty of uh, Felnscar decks that play it too. I, I think it's. It's just really good. No matter what factions it, it's in, it would help those factions. That effect. What, what were some of the duds of the set besides our beloved Dino? Strand of Shadow. Really? Strand of Shadow, yep. Is it just not good? Not good enough. Um, oh, okay. It is, it is not a terrible card, but it tends to be... It actually tends to be a worse Harsh Rule. Well, no one was saying it was as good as Harsh Rule. True. Uh, people were saying it's different, and I argued that it was better for Shadow specifically. Yeah. And if that was wrong, then I guess I was wrong, but... Yeah. It, it seems like in my 
in my experience with the card and hearing people talk about it, because it won't save you from taking potentially a bunch of extra damage on turn 6 after you play it on 5, um, and because most of the units that you want to kill with it have already done their jobs by then, um, it's just that the minus 4 health isn't impactful enough for that much investment. Okay, and not and having a bunch of 5 health units isn't enough to save it? I don't think so. Um, now, I mean, I have been beaten by the card, and I have seen it used well, and I think it, I think it will always get played to some amount, but I don't think it is nearly as strong as a lot of us thought it would be. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, I have seen and played with Shadowlands Feaster, um, besides just, uh, besides just initially. Like, initially everyone's playing everything, but I've yeah, seen yeah. that card pop up, and I still think it is niche good, um, but only because of its body, right? Like, it's the Ambush 5-6. It has nothing to do with eating their things, right? The reason is because it's Ambush Flying 5-6. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's the the Void thing. I, I built a Felmscar deck to try it with Smuggler's Stash, and I had fun, but I didn't win a winning percentage of the games. <laughs> uh, it was too clunky. I mean, it was probably just my build. But uh, So that's been that. Dino Dad I have seen a couple times, and... I mean, he's he's all, he's all right. He's all right sometimes, but Wait, he's when you not can't great. answer him, he's pretty brutal. When you can't answer him, yes. Uh, but many cards are like that. Fair. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I still stand on the evaluation that he is tricky to kill. He is a little tricky to kill. I mean, he's a, he's a maiden body, but with flying now, so that's neat. Oh man, weak to violent gust. Watch out. <laughs> and I've seen a few Jacks as well. I have liked Jack's performance. I think he usually does what he is supposed to do. That's that's really good. I'm glad to hear Jack is doing anything. Yeah, uh, I've seen him mainly in Armory, um, but a couple of pure Ricano decks, and I think one I carry a blue that rose for him once. Um, that's a good thing to get because like an eight four quick draw is dumb. Eight four quick draw is pretty dumb. If you think they're out of removal, uh, that can hit that and. I mean, you can just attack it fearlessly with an 8-4 quick draw. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've also seen Cumbre Emissary sometimes do powerful things. Actually, I don't think I've seen it just be bad. Um, now, that may be because I've only seen it two or three times, and so it can get lucky. But they like the games where I see them play that thing, they also have Find the Way. Yeah. And they rapidly get up to 7 and then rapidly get up to 15. It's like, gee, that's that looks real strong. Um, Voda combo deck was, was fairly successful at the ETS, if I remember right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's cool. Uh, so we are seeing a, a variety of cards. Most of them seem like role players. Uh, I would say Quarry and Bailiff are the only two that have been seeing like widespread play, play in popular decks. But happy to see the others there. So would you call Jack's Bounty overall a success or something that can be improved upon? Oh, I mean, everything can be improved upon. But oh, yeah, yeah, it, that, that, that was a bad way of putting that. <laughs> I think it's been great. Um, yeah, the, the new cards introduced are, are cool. Um, just, just about all of them are cool. And a few of them have a, lot, have a lot going on. And the adventure experience was... I mean, that would be the part that I would say could be improved upon the most, and that's a tricky thing to get right in the first place. Uh, but I had a lot of fun with the adventure. I spent 
I, I did it in a couple of different sittings. I, I kind of slow rolled it. Yeah, and, I did the same. And I liked it. So, okay. Has anyone, oh. anyone, drawn a Praxis Outlaw due to his effect? Yes. It was a Praxis deck. Um, I think Bad Guy Ty was playing it. But it uh, kicked my face. It was. It <laughs> that, was that's sweet. quite the long reach of the leg. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did see that um, they were playing, silly as it sounds, uh, just Praxis without with Obelisk and Outlaw and Over. They, I forget if they had. I forget if they had the Overwhelm weapon, uh, Morningstar. I don't remember if he played that, but they just played like like damagey stuff and he was pretty good there that is ridiculous they drew two of them and, I, and they had a third one and I couldn't handle that many but the, I mean the main strength of his deck was in the start that he got anyway and you know he was he probably would have won with other cards in place of it but it was it worked I was right. a little salty so do you, <laughs> is there anything else you want to share about Eternal while we're getting closer to where we're going? I don't think so. I think you can use it the rest of this time. All right. So if you don't want to hear anything about Zelda, if you want to avoid spoilers, although I am only like a fractional percentage through the game after so many hours. Yeah. Um, like if you intend on playing the game blind, like just going in and enjoying yourself, which I highly recommend, stop listening. <laughs> That said, I really want to freaking talk about this game because, oh my god, I love this freaking game. Yes. <laughs> so actually, I've been doing a, uh, a podcast with our school's uh, club, which their podcast setup is You've ridiculous. You've been doing a podcast with the... Whoa! Well, I say podcast, and it is a podcast, but it's seven people around a microphone. And I feel there's so no, You don't even know anyone's name while they're so doing it. So cheated on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about open world games. Oh, fun. And I was the only one there who had committed any real time into Zelda. <gasps> and they were complaining about things. And while they were talking, I was like... I was just thinking, yeah, but, you know, Zelda fixed that. <laughs> and, like, it's ridiculous the amount of problems with open-world games that Zelda has solved. Okay, so... <laughs> okay, tell me a few. And you had a chance to try the game out for yourself. Oh, yes. So, what I think it boils down to the most, what I think the game is most like, uh, people try to compare Z this new Zelda game to... It's like Dark Souls, because it's really hard, and there's... Like, you do die a lot, and especially me. It's like Skyrim, because you can go anywhere, and there's towns and people and side quests and all those things. I actually think the game is, and this is going to sound weird, what? most like Minecraft. Ah! Because it's a game in which the main core gameplay loop is addicting and amazing. I thought you were going to say climbing. Well, I mean, also that. <laughs> but but that's part of it. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah. The Minecraft and... This is not. This part is not true of Breath of the Wild, but Minecraft is a boring game. <laughs> it's in, it, completely uninteresting. However, crafting and finding resources is fun. Yeah. Like finding resources so that you can make something, so that you want to make more things, so you find more resources, is a circular gameplay loop that catches you. Oh, I see what you're getting at. And it's really, really fun. Like Minecraft is a. Really, really well fleshed out idea. Huge success. Yes. That game became obnoxiously popular for a very good reason. Yeah. They have Lego sets of it. Come on. Breath of the Wild is a very similar thing. So the gameplay loop is you want to explore. To explore, you're going to encounter uh, enemies. Monsters. 
and uh, actually I can take a step further to explore you're going to need to improve yourself you're going to need to get better at combat and you're going to need to get better at exploring how do you get better at exploring you expand your stamina how do you do that you find shrines where do you find shrines out in the wilderness but you know it's in, you know what's in the wilderness enemies and to fight enemies you need weapons but your weapons are constantly breaking so what happens is that you're you're constantly in the state of I'm going to I'll use my worst weapon at all times and use it to get better weapons by killing things and taking their stuff. So eventually your worst weapon becomes the best weapon that you had earlier. But then you also get to the point where you've used all your good weapons in an area with hard enemies. Right. And you're like, well, crap, now I'm stuck with, like, sticks again. We've been and there. I gotta go find more good weapons. <laughs> or you'll run out of arrows, and it's like, I just can't use bows for a while, I guess. Josh, wasting all of my arrows. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I've been there as well, don't worry. Yeah. This uh, core gameplay loop is not only really fun, but it's perfect for an open world game. There's no like traditional leveling. There's no like uh, structure of the Zelda, like the typical Zelda structure to it. Mm -hmm. It's just, it feels like it could have not been a Zelda game and still been amazing. Oh, I'm sure. And it's really it. It's not that much of a Zelda game, if we're being completely honest. Yeah. It's so much better than a Zelda game. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a couple of things that are not as great about it. Uh, uh -huh. I occasionally go back and play Twilight Princess. I'll go back and play Wind Waker. I am never playing this game again. Oh, yeah. I'm not starting over. That's just not happening. It's kind of a giant commitment, it seems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, they're going to be doing uh, DLC. Apparently... The first DLC is going to be an entire new section of the map. What? And then the second one is an entire new story campaign. What? I know. That's awesome. Yeah, they're doing everything right with this. That's really awesome. But anyways, anyways. The, um, the, let me just share a story. And spoilers, by the way. This is what happened the other day. I, I texted you after this happened saying I just had a magical movie moment. Yeah, yeah. So, I was... Exploring, I hadn't gone south from the starting area yet, so I would started going south. And I came across Lake Hylia and a bridge. And I recognized the bridge from one of the side quests where you have to identify pictures. Uh -huh. So I was looking around, and then I noticed something coming out of the water. Mm. And it was this giant green dragon just kind of lazily snaking its way in through the bridge and underneath it and everything. Mm. And whenever it passed overhead, it created a gust of wind that you could use your paraglider to fly. So I just flew next to the dragon for like two minutes. That's so epic. And I just like followed it. There was no reason. I, there was no reward for doing it. Yeah. But it was amazing. <laughs> and you find stuff like that all the freaking time. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, it's a really, really, really sweet game. <laughs> Honestly, if you have a chance to play it, just do it. Just well, do it. It's so good. I mean, it it just seems like an escape into another world. Very More so than anything stuff. else. This, like, you, the Skyrim was a great game. I'm not saying Skyrim's not fantastic. Yeah. And when Skyrim came out, people were, like, immersed in the world of Skyrim. They really were. This game is so much better at immersion. Like, in every way. I think one of the main things is that the uh, NPCs actually have lives. Like, uh -huh. it isn't just, like, a scroll wheel of dialogue. <laughs> you don't, people. You don't encounter, like, nine different people who've all taken arrows to the knee. Mm -hmm. You just don't. <laughs> so, like, it's people. really, really freaking cool. Um, like, for an example, uh, there's a, um, 
There's a town called Kakariko, which looks better than ever, by the way. This is the best Kakariko village there's ever been. <laughs> uh, although not my favorite town. So, Kakariko, there's a family where there's the father who has given up uh, archery to raise chickens. And uh, this, this obsession with the chickens has led his wife to leave him. And then I recently discovered that the wife was like a hundred yards away in her arrow shop. What? Which specializes in archery equipment. Hold on, what? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. God. And they like have daughters that are like coping with the fact that they're dealing with the fact that their parents aren't together right now. And Gosh. it's really deep. And it's really cool. And like, it's not like dialogue wheel options where you just hear all the text that they wrote out. You're actually interacting with things, and it's super, super freaking cool. <laughs> this game is great. Go play it. Ah. <laughs> I understand the problems. Um, there are people who want very desperately to play it and can't because Nintendo is awful. Ah, yeah. Dude, there were 25 switches at the Target here. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, whatever. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're did, arriving. Did you hear it was going to get released on the Wii U? It, yeah, it is on the Wii U. Oh, oh, wait, right now? Yeah. What? I'm pretty sure it is. What? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. It's, uh... I heard, I heard... I heard that today. I've heard that there's a slight visual downgrade and a slight audio downgrade, but Dude, other than that, it's mostly similar. My little stepbro has a Wii U. Uh, unfortunately... Uh, the Wii U gamepad is garbage. So. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. The Switch um, is surprisingly comfortable. Um, I'm actually getting more and more used to just having the two different controllers in either hand and using so it that way. It's so small. It's really cool. Uh, yeah. If you have the chance to play the game even for just like an hour or two, just go do it. That person is parked like a douche. And I am parked <laughs> next to them, so I will not do that. <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to be the end. Uh, shorter episode as usual with these car casts because we can't really continue talking when we're here. That seemed a little selfish. So we're gonna we're gonna call it there. Yeah. Um. No, I didn't come up with the pun. I'm I'm really sorry. I wanted to do a Zelda pun. Oh. Um. I and I, you know what? I could, I could sit here and ramble until one came to me. But at that point, I'm just going on and on. Turn it off. <laughs> <laughs>